Kieran Fox is a long-time promoter of good mental health and emerging writers. He's a regular co-host of Poetry Slam Open Mic Night, a co-founder of a literary journal called Catalyst, which is now incredibly in its 21st year. But Kieran also works for the Mental Health Foundation. Um, following the Canterbury earthquakes, he helped develop the resource All Right with Canterbury DHB's Community and Public Health. And another in 2020 when the COVID pandemic hit. He's currently... Uh, He's part of the team of the foundation holding the inaugural Aotearoa Mental Health Film Festival that's uh, featuring about nine local films, span everything from animation to documentary to drama around the country. And he's also just recently published his first book of poems. It's 20 years worth of poems. It's called Crackle in the Sun. It was runner-up in the inaugural John O'Connor First Book Award, and it's been published by the Republic of Omarapiti Press. Kia ora to you. Thank you for joining us, Karen. Kia ora, Ma. Kia ora, Koto. <sighs> lovely to have you. The Republic of Omarapiti Press. This is a rather playful title. It is, yeah. We've uh, that's that's the imprint that publishes Catalyst, the journal that I we see. started twenty years um, initially under a different imprint, but we've had the Republic going for ten years now. Are the um, rabbits really in control? Oh, they are. We even have our own national anthem. Uh. You might remember it. <laughs> Omarapiti, Omarapiti. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, and it, it's about you know um, for us uh, creating space for for poets for poetry, and so the idea of a, a republic. Uh, of poets was where that came from. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, well, um, thinking about poetry, thinking about mental health, I, I, I really enjoyed your new book, uh, your first Thank book, you. your first Crackle in the Rain. It's taken a while to come, hasn't it? It, it certainly has, and you're not the first to to make that comment <laughs> as well. Uh, other people saying, "Really, is this really your first book? How could that be?" Uh, I think I just got really busy doing other things like Catalyst and and uh, you know supporting a lot of other writers, and and that's been a joyful thing. Uh, I don't regret any of that. But it's good to have this. Getting published is important for poets' mental health, right? I mean, you uh, know. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> uh, we all crave validation, really. That's what it's about, isn't it? And it's kind of, but it is kind of nice to be able to have something to share, and also to draw a line under, you know, twenty-five years worth of work. It's a, it's a quite an eclectic sort of a book, and I worry about that. And that's what having a good editor is good for. To tell you, stop worrying about who, that. Who was your editor? Doctor Umhella. Uh-huh. So well-known uh, local figure and editor, and uh, the other uh, founder of Catalyst, and. Um, puppeteer, musician, wow. <laughs> he's everything. Well, that's very autotahi. <laughs> you guys tend to do a lot of the a, a mix of roles. We certainly particularly do. after the quakes, right? Yeah, yeah, hats stacked up into the clouds. Like you, when you were talking to the panelists before, and Michael and Kitty and, and Steph, and I, I was thinking they wear a lot of hats too. And uh, Michael, um, you know, who's very, very humble about the contribution he makes to the cultural life of yeah, the city. Yeah, enormous, but, huh? Yeah, but, you know, he'll be there doing everything at the Landrometer. Uh, so, you know, he wears many hats. So, yeah, it's. Um, I think that is a very autotahi thing. Well, well, as I said, speaking of mental health, I really w- was really struck by a particular poem in your book. I wondered if you could read it for us. It's called Self-Acceptance is Tidal. Yes, I could. Self-Acceptance is Tidal. And, and well-picked, probably, in a way, because... Comparing, I guess, um, these kind of personal and developmental process to natural processes is kind of what this poem's all about. And wow. sometimes it does feel like it takes geological time, doesn't it, to get there? So, <laughs> And it's always dynamic. So, yes, like the tide. So, self acceptance is tidal. Here it is. Self acceptance is tidal, rising and falling like a tiny dictatorship. It's untidy, a hot mess of bananas and republics swept out to sea. Like the ocean, your pulse keeps moving in seven-year circles, 
itching under your skin. You've changed. You're a work in progress. Your pulse is an overwound clock, splitting up your solitude by hard-won degrees, eroding in circles your mountains into Ponamu. Beautiful. I love the positive ending there. The um, do you think uh, it's interesting thinking about the city of? I mean, we were having that panel discussion earlier. Do you think like it's almost it almost like Ototahi Christchurch has to kind of be find self acceptance as well? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Especially as it becomes something new, it's a new city, and I think that was the the realization for a lot of people was that things weren't going to be the way they were. Um, and that's a, there's a grieving process that goes through that as a community, as a, as a whole population. And then emerging into something new, what are we going to be? And I think that's part of the excitement of living here now too, during this, this last sort of decade, as we start to um, you know, reimagine the city for ourselves. Um, it's not easy and you know there's lots of false starts and sidesteps. And, uh, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by what I see. Um, so you were you you were you lived here through the quakes. Um, you yeah. had catalysts then. You were you were still working with poets. Did, did the poets get involved and were playing a part in terms of? Do you think poetry was playing a part? Yeah, oh, definitely. As all the arts did, actually. I mean, it's that's a whole. There's a whole documentary in that uh, around the the contribution that artists made to, I guess, the the mental and emotional recovery, the the cultural recovery in the city. And yeah, we were out there doing shows and you know empty sites, collaborating with Gap Filler to do things like that. We did yeah. a. Um, we did a road show where we, we called it the, the slowest tour of the suburbs where we, we did a tour that lasted nine months uh, going around lots of places that weren't traditional venues and taking poetry to places and sometimes performing while people were doing working bees, tidying up and, and you know, recreating their own environments and landscapes. So, And poets responded to that in their own way. There was kind of waves of, of poetry that was kind of quake poetry that maybe was more catharsis than than anything else and not that interesting yeah. in many yeah. ways. Uh, and then uh, I think there's been a maturing process that's emerged in the work since then, responding thoughtfully to it. Do you miss those times? I mean, it, 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 was, it seems looking back, there was an incredible community innovation and community led because there was nothing else right in a way and so the a lot of the infrastructure had gone so you the community had to do it it strikes me i mean how much of that spirit do you think has been retained or or do you get a little demoralized that some of it's been lost well it's 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 maybe less visible uh, than it was but uh, yeah and i do miss it there is some some nostalgia for that diy attitude to everything that we could do but that also gets very exhausting you know and you know then you hear stories about so many of these projects you know Michael mentioned Little Andromeda's own struggles and the festivals have struggled Mm. uh, that um, you know it's great at first everyone pitches in and there's a lot of joy and everyone's doing it for nothing because we don't have any choice but then that's not sustainable Um, and and, you know I'm not a believer in the whole idea that artists should suffer for their art Um, I think they play an important role culture works important to society so uh, you know, it does need to evolve. But unfortunately, too, I think there is also a sense that when buildings come back or the big infrastructure's there, that everything's somehow the job is done. Uh, and thanks yeah, for your work, you yeah. know, you guys, but we don't need you anymore. We've got this thing. Because that's the thing, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, the artist is the, the wildflowers coming up through the cracks in the pavement. And then mm. when, when the pavement's all kind of nicely sealed over, where do the artists go? I mean, and do you worry about the spaces for like, you, you work a lot with emerging writers, where where they can afford to live in, in the city? I mean, this is 
there's so much space in this city. Yeah, there is. But, but can, is it affordable? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, I guess, uh, you know, my opinion, I see a lot of development that's very much at the high end, even in the kind of commercial and retail space, and not, mm. a, lot of, not a lot of opportunity for small startups, you know, uh, and spaces where there's it's lower risk because the rent's lower, you know, from a commercial perspective. So, um, and likewise for residential, you know, where are the, where are the big old houses that, you know, we can share, um, you know, that I grew up in many of these sorts of places too, um, that make a, a central city vibrant. Um, yeah. So is, that's changed. I mean, so, you yeah. know, does it mean that like the riders are gathering other places or is it still the CBD or do you think the, the city? Oh, it, it's definitely, it's everywhere. Um, oh. It did a lot of stuff's fled to the suburbs, but there has been incredible projects and in, in venues spring up in the central city. I'm so, so sure. where do you where do you go if you want to see young up and coming poetry? Where would you? Well, go? we we have our regular um, spaces at, at Space Academy on oh. Saint Asaph Street. And there's part of like a little cluster of great projects. there. dark room across the road is a yes. is a live music mecca. You know uh, that filled that gap that when we lost the ducks, really in many ways that was dedicated to music. So right across the road is Space Academy, which is dedicated to a lot of other cultural activity, including bands and live music um, but also spoken word and, and um, you know uh, all sorts of like educational gatherings like public meetings and speeches and they have a great lineup of things going on there so you know that's those are some of the places that you can mm. go little andromeda itself also with you know fringe theater comedy and poetry um, and these are just a few of the little that feel more accessible underground places that are prepared to let people take a risk and stage shows and yeah find an audience yeah michael was showing me yesterday a little andromeda you know they'll have a little bit of stage area there even in the bar so yeah there's they're in cut and i know they've got book launches coming up and everything yeah they do they do everything and you know put it together littleton over over the other side of the hill yes. of course where i live are full of places for that as well and venues that are proactive and that that are prepared to support the arts um you know everything from the big theater opportunities at the Littleton Arts Factory through to, you know, underground poetry at Commoners Bar or up at the Wonder Bar or, you know, yeah. So there's, and the coffee company, the Littleton Coffee Company has gigs. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of people who go in to support that kind of cultural side and, yeah, make space available. I was at the Arts Block Party yesterday at the Arts Centre and, and, and I, I was talking to a couple of women about the Zen, Zen Fest in oh, yeah, Christchurch and yeah. thinking about self-publishing and just it's really been a wonderful thing to see in New Zealand culture generally around the development in Aotearoa of that self-publishing and, and everything. Christchurch has got a very proud history of publishing. Is, is, is that healthy at the moment? I think so. I think, you know, um, I love, big fan of Ōtutahi Zenefest and obviously the Zenefest that's from around the country, Wellington and elsewhere too, but that idea of encouraging people to put their work out in lo-fi accessible ways is really important. I think that's you need all of that in the publishing scene. You need that whole breadth from self-publishing zines right through to the big publishing houses. Mm. Um, and if that, uh, for me, if that grassroots is healthy, then you're going to see writers emerge. You, you're not going to see people deterred or put off or not know where to start. Um, I mean, a lot of people thought that, I guess, the digital realm was where yeah, was the great emancipator, the great right. democratizer. But yeah. I still love the tangibility, the tangibleness of books. You know, I love that smell. I think lots of people do. Um, you know, and 
I mean, there are questions around resources, around should we be doing this? I'm quite proud to say my book's printed on recycled paper. I just want to say that. It was, big. Nice. It was a real thing. Well, so, who, so who published your, your book? Um, Caxton. Um, Caxton. Oh, well, there you go. Diego's a famous, Speaking of that heritage. Yeah, yeah. And Mike, well, Microfilm, <laughs> um, who are part of Caxton, they, they're real specialists in indie publishing. They publish Catalyst. They've published every volume of Catalyst for 20 years, and they are real um, heroes for small press publishing in, in Christchurch, but beyond. They say they're doing a lot for people outside of Christchurch now too. So yeah. get in touch with them if you want to make a book, is what I say. Now, there's this wonderful thing going on around nationally at the moment, this Aotearoa Mental Health Film Festival, like yeah. that title right? Um, and that's part you're part of that with the Mental Health Foundation. That's right, yeah. Uh, that's an extraordinary thing. How, how did that happen, do you know? Um, well, it's been it's a it's a great idea. One I'm really passionate about. I wasn't part of instigating it um, at the foundation, but I was very quick to jump on board. For us, it was it was a I guess it represents a new way to do the work that we do because it's part fundraiser, but it's also important. Um, you know, I guess cultural discourse. It's about you know uh, centering lived experience. It's about presenting a new lens on the idea of mental health and our screen storytelling. Uh, and so the fact that we get to do both of these things at the same time you know we're not just asking people to give us money and donations we're actually Mm. inviting them to be part of a conversation about how we think about how we represent and portray mental health and mental illness on screen so you know that was that was the impetus for it um the fact that it's this is its first year we we wanted to start small the idea was i think initially let's see if we can get screenings in in the main centers by which i mean auckland wellington and christchurch but um some other regions were just like no way are we letting you away with that we want <laughs> we want this in our town you know and it's great yes. to see napier tauranga hamilton come on board it was pretty nerve-wracking for our first year because you know we just we did want to grow this we would like this to be a regular event so um but yeah seeing screenings across these six centers has been incredible so um you know i think that shows there's an appetite for stuff out in our regions as well um outside of those main centers but also that there's a conversation to be had about this people want to be thinking about and understanding mental health better and it's a, it's a, it's the connection between mental health and the arts, essentially, isn't it? It's yeah. about that what the storytelling. Yeah, and that means. was a big part of the subject of the panels that I led here in the Autotahi screenings, was around why storytelling, why is storytelling important in this context? Um, and you realise that outside of purely speaking about entertainment, that this is this is how we learn, this is what we do. Culture is collective meaning making, and you know we are. Um, you know, trying to facilitate a conversation and how we make sense of the things that we're going through. Um, And, you know, the idea of who gets to tell those stories is also very important. So the film festival does uh, the selection that we made, films, and it really has a mixture of films in it, and it it centres lived experience as part of that. Um, So it's, and that's important to us. Yeah. Karen Fox, thanks for joining us here on Culture 101. It's really a real pleasure. pleasure. Thanks for having us in Christchurch and Ōtotahi. Uh, that's Karen Fox there. His book, uh, They Crackle in the Rain, is out now. I can go to his website. There's a link to that. Uh, or we go to even someone like Scorpio Books. If yes, you're, yeah. Scorpio. <laughs> go to Support Scorpio. independent bookstores. That's indeed, you should.